05 and 06 I deployed to Kuwait I used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home I miss my life, miss my wife For 15 months she was all alone But when I got back I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be so I invested in myself I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this and we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Championship Championship Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Championship Leadership Podcast. We have Dan Macklin here today, who's currently living and uh, operating out of Boston, Massachusetts. So how are you doing, Dan? Thanks for being here. Good night. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you've done a little homework and listened to a few episodes, so you might know what's coming, but that's the first question. Championship Leadership is the name of the podcast. Always curious to hear this answer because it's usually a little bit different every time. So Championship Leadership, what's that mean to you when you hear that? Yeah, there's a few ways I could go on this, Nate, but I think overall for me, it, it comes down to culture. I believe that great leaders need to create an environment and a culture where employees feel really valued and where they can thrive and do their best work. So obviously, leaders need to be great at many things, whether that's strategy, sales, operations, etc. But the, the reality is you've only got so many hours in the day. You need other people to do a lot of that work for you. And, and ultimately, an organization, I believe, is only going to scale when that Culture empowers those managers and frankly, all employees to do the right thing and to go the extra mile. And I've heard a few of your previous guests giving quotes. So I thought, okay, what quote has really resonated with me? And and as I thought about it, there's a great book by Tony Shea, who was the founder of Zappos. And he wrote a really great book that I'd recommend called Delivering Happiness. And in it, he said, and I think, I hope I'm not misquoting him, but basically, if we get the culture right, most of the stuff will just take care of itself. And he may be yeah. oversimplifying it a little bit. You know, you've still got to have a good product and a good strategy. Right, right. But getting that culture right and getting the right people on, I think really is key to, uh, to make company a success. Yeah, 100%. I definitely agree with that for sure. Let's tell the listeners that aren't familiar with who Dan Macklin is, who you are, kind of the journey that you've been on and what that's brought you to today and what you're up to today. Sure. So, so today I'm the CEO of a company called Salary Finance in the US. We're actually a UK Headquartered company started life in the UK, but we expanded to the US a couple of years ago. So, so that's where I am today. Salary Finance is a, a financial technology company. We have a social purpose to help millions of working Americans to save money and ultimately live happier lives. And we do that by working with large employers around the country to offer our products as a voluntary benefit to their employees. And, and really, that takes two main forms how we help those employees. Firstly, we help reduce the cost of debt with more affordable loans. And and we can talk about that. And secondly, we help people to save money into a savings account in an automated way. And overall, these help people to save 
$750 from ha having access to more affordable loans, but also increase their credit score by 43 points. So it's good for employers. They get happier and more productive employees at, at zero cost yeah. to them. So, so that's the salary finance. That's what I'm doing today. My background, how I got here was I grew up in the UK. You may detect that from the accent. Hopefully you do. I went to school and, and you know university and got a, a job in London. And I worked for 12 years for a bank across London, Singapore, and Shanghai. I had a great time there. and I was exposed to a lot of great people. And probably the most interesting job I did there was where I worked directly for the group CEO. So this was someone who had 70,000 people under him within the organization across 100 odd countries. So I learned a huge amount there by dealing with working for him and his leadership team. But one of the lessons that I learned there was really that it's difficult for you to aspire to something as an individual until you've seen it. And I think that role opened my eyes in that I was seeing people doing stuff that, that I haven't seen before. And, you know, these were very smart people working very hard, but I realized that, well, they're not that different to me. You know, I think I could do this. And I was in my late twenties at this point, so still early in my career, but it suddenly showed me that you didn't have to, you know, be a rocket scientist to, to do well in life. And I think as a result, my ambition levels raised and I got a sense that I could achieve bigger things than perhaps previously I had given myself credit for or allowed myself to believe in. So after that, that role, I managed to get a role in China where I was heading up a team of 200 people in a small and medium enterprise business, something that I would never have really imagined prior to that. I didn't speak the language and you know, there were mm -hmm. a lot of reasons why it wouldn't work, but my ambition had been stoked enough that I, I believed I could do it and I did a good job. And, and then I came to the US in 2010. I went to business school at Stanford and I would say I got the same lesson that I just mentioned there about you can't really aspire to something that you, that you haven't seen because at Stanford, it's in the half Silicon Valley, I was surrounded by people that started companies and, and had either, they were either working on them or they'd made them a success, they'd sold them, they'd moved on. But it was just a world away from where I'd previously been, which was much more of a corporate nine to five kind of existence, or maybe not nine to five, but certainly a corporate yeah. existence. So suddenly I saw the startup world and thought, okay, Again, that looks fun. But again, these people aren't like superhuman. Maybe I can do this. And, and, and again, it raised my expectations about what I could do. And kind of long story short, ended up co-founding a company out of Stanford, resigned from my bank who were paying for my education and went to start a company that, that was and continues to this day to be SoFi, which is a company based on the West Coast in the financial services industry. I left a few years ago, but I'm very happy to report now that it's, you know, it's gone public 10 years after founding, mm -hmm. pretty much 10 years to the day. It's a public company, you know, billions of dollars, which sounds crazy to, to talk <laughs> about, but yeah. you know, I'm proud of it. Fun journey. And then I took a couple of years off and then worked out what I wanted to do next. And Salary Finance was a company that, as I mentioned, started in the UK and they were looking for someone to lead the US in its inception. And so I joined two years ago and been a great ride and forward to many more happy years. Yeah. Talk a little bit more about salary finance or I guess more particularly like, you know, I think it's important what you guys are doing, especially nowadays, especially knowing how people are financially and maybe some of the habits that a lot of folks have financially, which is generally not very good when it comes to saving and, uh, and their financial histories. You know, I, I run some events and, and a big focus of ours is, is on the financial side of things too, and educating people and some simple strategies, which it sounds like, you know, essentially is a bit of what you guys do. It's really, you know, some pretty simple to start putting some money away and, and to save up and, and to build that credit score back up and, and how important that really is in life and how tough things can be, right? And one of the biggest reasons that people get divorced is because of finances. So, Sorry, no, it's all interrelated. So if you look at 
employers have traditionally looked at wellness through a physical wellness perspective. They give you mm-hmm. health insurance. They try and make sure you stay healthy, you and your family. But there's just so many studies out there that show that physical wellness, mental wellness, financial wellness, these things are all linked together. You yeah. know, one of the, the biggest reasons for people going bankrupt in the US today is medical debt. So people's lack of insurance or, or lack of good insurance and, and their healthcare leads to financial wellness. And there's all kinds of horrible studies. Once you're in debt or you're financially stressed, the, the chances of you being depressed or you know, at the more extreme feeling suicidal is so much higher. So all of these things are linked together. Yeah. Uh, employers have a huge role to help their employees in, in, in this world. I think if you go back 20 years, an employer would give you your pay- paycheck, 401ks kind of started to come in. Yep. Okay, let's get you ready for retirement. But beyond that, employers weren't really helping their employees with day-to-day financial lives. That's completely changed. I think employers now know that they have a role to help their employees. And unfortunately, the stats are there for everyone to see. Too many people are borrowing money. Too many people are paying really excessive interest rates. You know, the payday loan industry, people are paying three, four, five hundred percent. These people then go and report to work on a Monday morning. And it's stupid to think that an employer thinks that person's going to be productive when they've got stress. Like, how am I going to pay this loan back on Friday? So if an employer can help their employees to navigate this and kind of use their their buying power effectively as a big organization, then it really makes a difference. Yeah, big time. I was just thinking about that too, of like the production of somebody that just has all that overwhelming stress. And like you say, how it all ties together. And if you're not and then to the physical side and the men- and then how that all ties into the mental side. And it's just it's a big spiral downward. And then to expect that person to produce at a high level would be it's really kind of ludicrous if you think about it, although the expectation I'm sure is still there for that to happen. But yeah, it it's, is. It's, it's crazy. It is that I think look, I, I think many employers work with companies like salary finance and others because they believe that they should be helping their their employees. Like it's yeah. the right thing to do. But even if you, you know, don't have a kind of caring bone in your body or whatever the right expression is, yeah, just right. for your bottom line as a company they will be more productive and you will reduce turnover. People who are financially stressed are more than twice as likely to leave your organization because simply they're looking for a a bigger paycheck somewhere else because they think that's going to solve their problem. So if you can help them to get their finances in order, you have lower turnover, you've got lower training costs, lower recruitment costs, all of those things that HR departments, no one wants to be hiring and firing, you know, all the time, yeah. it, it doesn't help. So yeah, there's a financial reason as, as well as a moral reason to help. Yeah. And if you look at it from a leadership standpoint, of course, topic of, of the show, companies that are out there and, and that are doing that and uh, that are providing that for their employees and for their team, that's great leadership. And that's uh, knowing the importance of all of those things. And like you started off to define what championship leadership is to you, uh, is that culture and that's creating, that's a big piece to creating an incredible culture is taking care of the people that are helping you in your company get to where you want to go. I truly believe that. And and I think the risk of trying to create a great culture that I've seen people do is, is thinking it's about a fancy PowerPoint slide with a few, you know, values. And, you know, you probably need some aspect of that because you need some kind of narrative that everybody can get behind and understand. But really it's, it goes far beyond that. It's just the way that you act as, as a leader and how your, your team behaves as well with their people because that means, in my mind, far more than, than anything that you may write down or not write down. So, But I truly believe that that 
but you then get the benefit back of that. So I actually had an, a situation a couple of weeks ago where I was interviewing someone. I'm kind of like a final round of the interviews for someone that we were making a decision on. And she'd already spoken to a few people. And when I said, what questions do you have from me? The first question she said was, it's obvious that you guys have a great culture and that you've cultivated you know, within the, within the firm, a culture of support, et cetera, et cetera. And she got that because she'd spoken to two or three people from my team as part of that interview process or from the company. And as a result, she wanted to join the company. Like she could see that's a place where she's going to thrive. And it's not because we had some fancy website with you know buzzwords on it, yeah. but in interacting with a few people from the firm, that culture had been made clear to her. And then I think you attract the right people. You attract the right people that will sustain that culture. It's hard to, to get going. It's hard to do well. I think it's easy to fall off it. If you hire the wrong people who display the wrong behavior, you can very quickly get on the wrong path. But I, I do believe it comes back to culture. If you get that right, a lot of, the rest of it is, is easier. It doesn't make it easy, but it's, it's easier to get right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. What's the vision for you and for the journey, the path that you guys are on with salary finance? And, and uh, you know, I think championship leadership, it's vision is a huge piece of that and taking the courage to go out and make that a reality. Right. So yeah, what, what are you guys looking to do and, and what's the impact more importantly that you're hoping to make? We, we want to be able to help as many employees as we can. We want to help 10 million Americans to get out of debt and to start saving. So as, as I mentioned before, we do that by working with employers. We've got about four or five million in the UK where we started, which given it's a smaller country than the US, we, we've got nine out of 10 supermarkets and we've got the oh. health system and the, the police force and the, the Royal Mail, which is like USPS mm -hmm. over here. So we're trying to do the same in the US. We're a couple of years later, so we're a little bit earlier on that journey, but ultimately every big employer can really help their employees to help with this. You know, employers, I mentioned it earlier, but Edelman do this great survey every year. That's trust index, I think they call it. And trust in the media is pretty much declining every year. Trust in the government is declining every year. Maybe that's a different podcast about, you know, why that is. But, <laughs> Absolutely. But the fact is the employer kind of stays strong as, as something that's very central in people's lives for obvious reasons. That's where their mm -hmm. paycheck's coming from. So employers have great influence over their employees and, yeah, I think they're starting to understand that they can use that in a way to help push their people towards good solutions. That doesn't mean pushing people to do things that they don't want to do, but just steering them away from bad solutions, advocating for things that they're vetted, et cetera. Yeah. So that, that comes, you know, financial wellness is part of that. And steering yeah. employees to good solutions is, is very meaningful. Absolutely. Um, we'll switch gears a little bit here and maybe uh, focus a little bit more on experiences from yourself here. I was like, I think it's powerful when we hear stories from other people and how they've been able to handle certain situations when, you know, that listener is maybe in a similar place. So yeah. what's like a turning point or kind of that fork in the road moment for you in your life or one of them? I think we all have many of these, but where obviously you made the decision that you did, which has you where you are today, but had you not, you know, you'd be in a very different place. Again, I think, especially nowadays, just with the way the world is, and how fast things change and how fast things uh, move. You know, it's, it's powerful to hear others and how they've been able to handle the situation so that maybe that can help them in, in the situation they're in currently. Is there a, something that comes to mind for you? Yeah, the best one's probably when I was coming back to when I was at business school and I was, as I mentioned, sponsored by my old bank and I was kind of the, the easy route, the, the default yeah. route was to go back there and to have a very nice job and, and I was lucky to have, you know, good salary and I was living an expatriate life and all, you know, all these kind of fringe benefits for my then young family. 
But I think I pushed myself to to think outside of that box that I was in there and put myself in a place that opened my eyes, like I said earlier, to, to other things and entrepreneurship. And But ultimately, I went with my gut. There was no, I've often been asked, well, how did you decide to leave your kind of safe employment to go and start something that's brand new, no guarantee of any success, no investors, no real product at the time. Yeah. And it was a leap of faith, but there's a lot of gut instinct. So looking back, I'm kind of proud of myself that uh, I'm proud of my wife for supporting me through that as well, because we had two young kids. There was a lot mm-hmm. of uncertainty, but I think sometimes you can't you can't rationalize everything to kind of a spreadsheet or to a formula. Yeah, right. um, you've got to go with what you think and, and what your gut tells you. And fortunately for me, it, it worked out. You know, SoFi became a, a good company and a big company, and and it's done well across a variety of measures. But You've got to take some risks. I guess maybe yeah. I'll come back to that as well. Yeah. Um, to truly succeed, and I think to truly move yourself from from where you are today, you've got to take some risks, and they may not always work out. But unless you try, then um, you're not going to find out. So I, yeah, that's something something that I think was a pivotal moment in my life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you said it right. That which is oftentimes what it really comes down to is there's the gut. There's there's kind of that internal voice. That really, you know which way you want to go. And then there's kind of that external from maybe others around you that are like, "What are you thinking? Are you crazy? What's going on here? What are you doing?" And I don't know that the gut is often wrong if if you really truly tune into it and listen. Yeah, I think it's and it's a tough one. I I've used this term optimal naivety at, at some point because I think if you try and research everything to the nth degree and kind of work out all the reasons why something won't work or why it why it will work most hard things you won't do because there's a million right. reasons why it won't work so you need some level of naivety where you don't necessarily know everything that could go wrong because if you spend 5 years researching it you'll convince yourself out of doing it so that doesn't mean you just you know go headlong into something without even thinking about it but but there is one level of or that there is a kind of optimal level, in my opinion, of doing enough research so it's not a stupid decision, but not doing so much research that you'll talk yourself out of doing anything yeah. that's different to what you're doing today. Yeah, absolutely. As we start to wrap this up here, if there's one or two things that you could give to the listeners that if they were to implement today would help move their life forward today, you know, if they were to go ahead and just take action right now, what would that be? I think for people who are currently in positions of leadership, or even if they're not, asking for feedback from your team. I think oftentimes there, this isn't formalized in an evaluation you know, process at work, but if, if you're the leader of a company, it can be somewhat lonely. And if, if, if everyone in your company is telling you or your organization is telling you what they think you want to hear, you may not get those tough messages. So something I try and do, and I, and I don't always remember to do this, but I think I'm getting better, is relatively regularly checking in with with my team and saying, okay, what should I be doing more of? What should I be doing less of? What did I miss in that meeting? Um, how can I help you more? Because I think then you have those honest conversations. And, and, and again, it's, it's about the culture you, you cultivate. But then when people say, well, look, I don't think you're hitting the mark here. I think you need to be doing more there. That's useful feedback. And again, you may not listen to it. It's right. just another data point. But if yeah. you don't ask that question, you won't get that feedback. And then yeah. you can live in this world where you think everything is going great when it's not. And uh, I frequently learned that when, when I asked that question from, from people that work with me. Yeah. I, you know, especially when you talk about championship leadership, 
not only are you willing to hear the feedback and to to receive it, but you're you're willing to go out and seek it. Look, there's a lot of I guess we'll call them insecure leaders that just uh, they're afraid of it for yep. whatever reason, right? And yep. don't look at it as something that could help them and the team and the organization get better. I guess yeah, insecurity, not wanting to look weak, probably. Yep. I, um, I think it's like, a big thing. I think it's a big thing. And, mm-hmm. and then as as an extension of that, I, I've seen organizations be constrained where I believe that the leadership has, has been afraid to hire people that are better than them or yes. kind of at the same level. Yeah. So right. they want to hire someone who's obviously a little bit more junior, a little bit more inexperienced or whatever it is. And that may be okay for your ego, but ultimately if you want this <laughs> yeah. thing to grow, you've right. got to hire people who know more about a subject than you do. And that yeah. may be uncomfortable, but you know that's the way it's got to be if, if you really want your company to grow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what are a few ways that, uh, you know, if we get listeners, business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, uh, leaders of companies that want more information on salary finance and how they could um, utilize the services that you guys have and how we could follow you and social media? Um, yeah, sh- sure. So um, salaryfinance.com, if, particularly if you work for a large company and you, and you want to learn more about how employees can benefit from voluntary employee benefits to, to help people achieve financial wellness. So that's the best place to go, salaryfinance.com. We've just launched a podcast. We're not up to 250 episodes or whatever it is. We've got <laughs> that yet. We're, we're three in, but we have a podcast called Working on Wellbeing, where we speak with leaders, entrepreneurs, and, and other smart people about their wow moment when it comes to wellbeing across a, a range of uh, definitions of wellbeing. But mm-hmm. that's, that's great. So check that out, Working on Wellbeing. And, and yeah, just keep exposing yourself to, to stuff like this podcast. Keep listening. The more stuff you consume, the more viewpoints you get, the better. It, it's great that people can, can do this stuff these days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll definitely get all of that linked up in, in the podcast and all that. That's great. Uh, um, I remember when I was three episodes in and you just keep, you just got to be dumb enough not to quit and to keep going and plugging. So that's, uh, that's what I've been doing. But I appreciate your time here today, Dan. It's been a great conversation. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Nate. Thank you for the time. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Years of marriage, it's never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want I said it, then I meant it, I probably already did it Consider it Championship Leadership Podcast. Hey, Bailey. Championship, championship, champion. <laughs>